and welcome to Ask Me About K-Pop, the essential guide for recent converts and seasoned fans alike. My name is Shannon. And I'm Angelica. And how are you? You're floating in a, in a how is it in this post Ming Hao has a solo world? It is hard to describe, I think. In what, I mean, I'm just like so elated mm-hmm. in so many ways. But I'm like, Elated in the sense that I am a helium balloon that is floating, but also weighted to the ground by the fact that I can't actually purchase the music or download it because it's not available in the United States. Do we want to backtrack a tiny bit and explain? (laughs) I just wanted to jump in right away because I know the last like 24 to 48 hours have been very consumed for you with the same thing. So tell the listeners what's going on. I've had like a manic frenzied (laughs) 48 hours. (laughs) In which my, like, soul brain cell was consumed with the thought of Ming Hao and this solo. Um, Okay, so Ming Hao from Seventeen. Uh, recently, for yes, the eight. uninitiated. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's okay. I always call him Ming Hao now. I, know. I like forget that his name is the Eight. Um, but that's his official. Whatever the song that's is under the name of the Eight. <clears throat> the Eight from Seventeen um, on June 9th, which is today, as of we as of this recording. Sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> on June 9th, twenty nineteen, um, he released his first solo single mm-hmm. um which is called Dreams Come True and it's he wrote it and composed it along with Bumzu who is an, another Pledis artist who works a lot with Woozy and 17 yes. in their compositions so he wrote, wrote it and composed it with Bumzu and he choreographed it himself and the performance of it he like had a little debut stage on this show called Day Day Up which is like a dance competition show in China mm-hmm. And so he went on that show and then recorded a full like performance of the song. And the day that his episode aired was like a couple days ago and they released a teaser. And then the show released like the full performance of it right. um, on, well, June 9th in China, which right. was yesterday for us. Um, so, yeah, I've just been like ever since because I knew because since I have a Weibo now, I can yes. like, <laughs> follow since I have a Weibo now, I like that is why I know all of this and have seen all of this. Um, so, yeah, I've just been like desperately like refreshing my Weibo page. Right. Because you were very been- upset yesterday morning. You were, I got yes. frantic messages like it's been midnight in China for 45 minutes and it's not fair. Like, <laughs> OK, that's an exaggeration, but. It has. It was over an hour already. <laughs> yeah, time had passed, and then I tried to help. I went on Twitter and I tried to like search in tags and I see if like, I could find. I've already it. seen these versions. <laughs> yes, I tried, but it wasn't there. Okay, the reason that I was like, it is already midnight in Beijing, is because that show. I started follow like the the Weibo account for the show, the TV show he was on. I started following them on Weibo. Because when they posted their teaser, they said, we will post the video at zero, zero, zero o'clock on June 9th. Right. It was like, it will be revealed. And that show posts so much. <laughs> like, almost their entire episodes are, like, in 10-minute segments. Snip, yeah, snip just, like, it snippeted all over. all over their timeline. So I'd have to, like, search through whatever. And, uh, yeah, they, and then they had this, like, it was like, they post, I shit you not, every, like, seven minutes, 17 minutes, like, they're posting all the time. And then there was, like, a four-hour 
blank space where they didn't post anything at all. And I was like, what is happening? (laughs) Finally, the ape posted it himself. Okay. And how dare you count on that show? Like I know. they let you down. They posted it too, but then <laughs> but he did as well. So he posted a full version of it. And the song is, I mean, the teaser itself took my breath away immediately because the song is really cool. The teaser was really, really cool. And when you sent me the full version yesterday, I mean I watched it immediately to be a supportive friend, but I wasn't <laughs> expecting to like get more out of a minute more of it because I don't love him like you do. But mm. the last minute of the song is really cr- like you do yes. need the full version. It changes completely after the bridge mm-hmm. and there's a cool dance solo and he finally takes his way too big jacket off. I know and his whole aesthetic was like, well, you I, you made me laugh because he's wearing like this absurdly oversized blazer with like a shiny like Versace shirt underneath. And you were like, oh, no, is she not going to like the mob T-shirt? And then Im- immediately we're like, no, 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 that's her vibe. No, yeah. I- <laughs> I was going to text you like, ew, but it's greasy gangster shirt. And then I remember that you love that look. So I didn't even say anything. I know. I don't know why, but I do. And his hair is like kind of greasy. If he was wearing a dangly earring in it too, (laughs) baby. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the song is really cool. It has like a very distinct whistle and it like very specifically changes beat and like vibe totally in it twice um but the dance is amazing of course because he's amazing and i and oh as i was like both lavishing in like pride and joy mm-hmm. for my baby ming hao and also lamenting the fact that i couldn't buy or download it on any american platform right. Then I learned that all the proceeds of this song are going to charity, to a charity that is basically the, like, Make-A-Wish Foundation of China, so that, quote, all dreams have the right, uh, all kids have the right to pursue their dreams. Oh. Because this song is called Dreams Come True, (laughs) and his dreams are coming true. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That's really, really unfortunate that there's no way to officially support it like it's it's the same problem that i had many years back with like stealing shiny japanese Mm -hmm. things like it makes you feel shitty like i want to pay for this stuff yeah but i want to listen to it i i want to pay for it (laughs) because i want to support his solo career in general also like it's a charity so make that available on a global platform and then you get to raise more money for your charity but whatever pledis um but also, I just really, like, in my peak stage mom bias way, like, I just want everyone to see it. Like, I yeah, just yeah, want yeah. Every, I just Wider want audience. people to see, to see this. So I tweeted, a, I tweeted a link to a Tumblr that has the full version of the performance. Because as of this morning, when I checked Twitter, like, no other full... Like, the only thing you can find is the, like, minute 40 seconds version that was originally aired. But I had, like, because I have a Weibo, I downloaded the full version. I have it. Yeah. <laughs> so I tweeted it. And the link is, like, so-so. You have to, like, click to see the full Tumblr in order to see the video. Sure, sure, sure. But if you if it doesn't You're work... You're trying to do your part. I just want people to see it. If you want to see it and the link doesn't work, like, email DM. me and I will fucking send it to you because <laughs> I just I just need people to see my baby. Oh, that's such a good impassioned plea and I really like it. And I'm happy that you like it. Like, it's, it's I'm always... I'm so proud. 
you know, like I've, I've had my, I've had my ups and downs with like Lay's solo <laughs> thing. So like, I know it's, it's always a win yeah. when the solo song is what you want it to yes, be. Yes. When and it you is can be like, proud of it. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's sexy and smooth and cool. And it is just like from start to finish, every aspect of it is very him, which is always like my favorite thing about him, right. which I talked a lot about on our bias episode. So I won't rehash now, but I will throw out that. I, I'm hoping this means like his solo career starts to take off because he and Leia are already friends and right. they did a, a a collab. Oh hell yeah! Uh, the dance collab with yes. the two of oh, them. That ooh that ooh I just ooh. got so excited. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, I, I want would that love very it. much. But anyway, that's been consuming my whole uh, thought. <laughs> my whole thought. Wow. <laughs> For the last like. Three days. Speaking of consuming, I just have to say that since our last episode, last time we recorded and you were like, ooh, I found Superstar SM. I also downloaded <laughs> Superstar SM and Superstar JYP. And my life has been ruined for the last two weeks. <laughs> and then so many of you guys like tweeted and emailed and Instagrammed <laughs> us like, this game is dangerous. I'm so sorry that we told people to play it. Like, oh my God, it's so tappy, just tappy, tappy, tap, tap. It's so addicting. I am sorry, but I'm also not sorry because I want you to join me in it's so, this pit of mine. It's so fun. It's so fun. And it's, it's so, so fun. fun. And I'm so obsessed with my cards. I'm like I leveling know. up my cards and I have to like check in every day so I get my daily reward. And oh my God. <laughs> but you're, so, I'm so proud of you. Did you finish last week in first place? Yeah, I finished last week in first place on the like bronze, on like the lowest of the low levels. And now I'm bronze too. And I'm in the top five. Oh, wow. Yeah, but I will, I think I'll stay in the top five for a while because I have like a combined two or three million something points. But then it jumps up from like two or three to like five and then six. And then the number one spot has over 10 million points. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, I won't get there anytime soon. I finished this, this week in like 10th because the person above me had a full million and a half above me. And I was in like, ten yeah, and there's yeah. no way. And the person at the top of my bracket this month had like 30 million. And I was like, how are you allowed to be in this low of yeah, a bracket? Yeah, how are they still, how have they not been leveled It's not up? fair. That's very great. That's very strange. Um, Maybe they spent all of their time making sure that they had, like, super powerful decks. Sure. I also forget that, like, there are plenty of people in this world that do actually spend money on in-app purchases. And I would never. Oh, but there are plenty right. of people who you're do, so right. like, buy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always forget that. And I always wonder, because I see people with, like, six million points on just one song. I'm like, how? How did you score that many points? But you can actually spend real just money on buy this buy the best cards. Yeah. And I don't. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I'll just uh, feverishly wait for a fucking Beckian. <laughs> I need a Sulgi. Why can't we trade? We were uh, saying I that have the, so many Sulgis. We've been saying that like the actual thing that would make these games the best is if you could trade cards with mm -hmm. other players in the game, then it would yes. be perfect. Yeah, it would. Yes, absolutely. It would be perfect because that is the basis of what they're getting at with this whole trading. card they're trading cards. They're trading cards. And you can sell them. Like sure. You have the option to quote unquote sell certain sets of cards or whatever. But you don't sell them to a particular person and you don't get other cards in exchange. You get like money or whatever fake currency yeah. they use. Rhythm points. <sighs> Yeah, rhythm points and diamonds. Okay. And headphones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the best. Uh, okay. 
on the note of that sigh, that deep sigh that you made <laughs> and the S and talking about SM before we move on with today's topic, like I just have to say, because I feel like we so very rarely feel this strongly ne- in a negative way about anything. <laughs> and because we are SM stands, we like feel the need to, to address this. To come but, like, clean. You guys, Boa's new song is bad. It's it's Horrible. like actually bad. Can we play a small clip? Of yes, it? hold on. I I could not. Okay, b- before the song even came out, I was heavily skeptical about it because I really, really, really didn't like her outfit in the teaser images. Like, I feel like it's been a long time since I've had such an adverse reaction to what is just a shirt. But I hate the shirt that she's wearing. It has like a fake. It's like a fake tank top with long sleeves underneath it, but it's color blocked really poorly. So she's wearing like a fake chest. Yeah. Basically, it's so stupid. And then the song itself is just the word feedback over and over. I don't know. I don't know why I don't like it so much, but it just feels like it's not anything. I think the reason that we were so initially disappointed in it is that it feels like a second hand watered down version of a lot of other things we've already seen from SM in oh, the yeah. past 6 to 12 months mm-hmm. the music video is very similar to i would say both countless and wow thing and i want you with and the I flowing want you with the floating in the air. and love line with the, the like clouds. clouds and stuff and like the aesthetic of the song too it's like kind of retro and kind of tinny and like very it just all seems very derivative and none of it I don't know it doesn't go anywhere it doesn't go anywhere it doesn't do anything for Boa it doesn't show it doesn't have a dance dance. it doesn't even it doesn't even have real choreography it doesn't have anything in particular anything to write home about in the melody of the song and like her last two albums were so Good? So good. And she's always, I, I just don't understand. I feel like she's always, all of her albums have been different from what everybody else was doing at the time. Totally. Right? Like yeah, she yeah, always yeah. has her own sort of image and style. And I don't understand what happened. Like, how was this such a huge miss? Who, did someone new take over? Is Boa herself making these decisions? Right. And she just perhaps doesn't have very good taste. taste like I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I really don't know. I also thought it was odd that uh, Ladies Code is back and their new single is also called Feedback and it came out like a week before. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't hear about that <laughs> at all. But that's very strange, especially because what's with the word feedback? Like, that's not a romantic word. No, and it's I either a screaming sound coming through a microphone mm-hmm. that's bad, or it's like someone telling you like how you could be better at you Right, something. or it's from my boss, like providing me <laughs> yeah, feedback. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I don't ask my ro- significant other for feedback. <laughs> yeah, I, please don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm upset about it. Um, <laughs> but I then... Think- no. No, and then I was just going to say like it I think it will be out when this episode is out, but we are equally as nervous for whatever the fuck you know <laughs> is doing. Like so Yunboa is in trouble right now. Yes, I just like the two of them together, I feel like is is 
what chaotic neutral <laughs> i guess if i was to put it in a meme sure. like i don't know i just i know you know has bad taste he absolutely i know he does. has bad taste and i also know that he is the dorkiest dad of F- of of sm yes. and that without changmin he cannot pull off half the things that tvxq right. asks him to do and the only person that loves him for who he is is, is boa. boa so and so that, <sighs> honestly, like, Boa's close association with Yuno is what makes me think maybe Boa also doesn't have very good taste. <laughs> Not because I think Yuno, liking Yuno is in poor taste, but because he has such bad right, right, taste. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just very worried that, like... SM maybe was like, you know what? They are such veterans that we're They've just gonna take forever. the we're just gonna take the the kid gloves off and like they can do whatever they want and they we don't we're not gonna feed them ideas. They can come up with their own and they didn't realize that that was a bad decision. Sure. <laughs> Cause yeah, if you haven't seen the teaser images yet, like you know has the the peak mullet of 2019 so far uh-huh. probably yes. so far so, so far. far um and like in his teaser images like there are weird slits in the like weird weird outfit choices and then there's one i literally can't get over it he put on this instagram the other day it's like a still image with a teaser of a song playing but mm-hmm. the still image is him getting into a car butt first <laughs> and the like angle of the picture is so crazy and you like can't even see his face he's like it's just like his it's butt getting his into butt. his car to a it's, car and and it's not just his butt it's his butt in patchwork leather pants <laughs> and like it's not even a flattering butt picture no. I, oh, you know I know <laughs> I personally I'm just so apprehensive I know and that, te- that teaser music video that they put out like I don't hate the song I don't hate all I like all the of song because what he's been doing is like this this album which is his first solo album mm-hmm. And so that's, like, very impressive and, like, good for you. You deserve to have your own solo thing at last. But it's called True Colors. And so, like, he's been teasing on his Instagram, like, a new color or whatever every couple days. And it it basically is just a picture with, like, different sound clips of different songs. And some of the songs, I'm like, oh, I don't think I'm going to like the way that sounds. But most of them, I think, have a groove that I enjoy. I'm guessing that I'm hoping that it has what I find most TVXQ albums to have like a a 60-40 ratio of good and like songs I like and songs I don't. Like Mm -hmm. I'm hoping I can at least get one or two that I enjoy off of this album. And usually that 60-40 ratio is like the the fun like pop songs versus the ones that are like heavy noise or like techno or like have a a heavy beat, which are often you know solo songs. Yes. (laughs) So I know there's at least one of those songs so far. But I really liked his uh, solo off the circle with Taehyung. Yes, I like City Lights. I really liked that one too. Um, But anyway, we'll see when this episode Mm -hmm. is out. We'll all see. We'll all see. uh, (laughs) Head to our Twitter if you you have thoughts. (laughs) Yeah, if you need, if you want more reactions. Uh, All right. Shall we get into today's topic? All right. So today, uh, what we wanted to talk about uh, is something that I think we have one of the only things about K-pop that we have a like unique perspective on (laughs) as like citizens of this nation, which is just the idea of K-pop in America. Mm -hmm. Um, It's obviously in the last like year just blown up to an unimaginable degree of how much K-pop is touring, how much K-pop acts are on TV constantly. Like it's hit a, 
like a true new high, peak. a new peak. Um, but then there's a lot of this weird fandom fighting about like who did it first and like it didn't matter until BTS did it or blah, 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 blah. So I just sort of wanted to sort of talk about the general history of like how K-pop has presence has grown in America over a very long time. And then just sort of our thoughts about what we think the future might be like or some pros and we'll cons. We'll look into of, our crystal ball and we'll tell you what to, what's coming what up next. Think, <laughs> what we think will happen. Who knows? Um, but to get this started, I was I have been waiting and looking for an excuse the whole time we've had this show to tell this story because I think it's really interesting and I didn't know when the moment would be and I think it's now. Okay. Um, so this is the story of the first famous Korean act in American pop culture. And those were the Kim sisters. Okay. And they were famous in the 50s and 60s. Ooh. Um, so their names were Asia, Mia, and Sue. Asia and Sue were sisters. Uh, and their mom was a famous trot singer who had one of the most famous, like, trot songs ever in, like, 1935. And their dad was a composer. And then they had a cousin whose dad was also a famous musician. And during the Korean War, the dads got kidnapped by North Korea. <gasps> oh, dear. Um, which is bad and scary. Uh, but the mom was like, okay— the, this famous singer mom was like, okay, how are we going to survive? So she had this idea that, like, she was going to make the girls performers um, because there were a lot of American soldiers around and they needed entertainment. Sure. So she, like, taught them English songs and, like, how to be, like, you know. Yeah, like those girls in yeah, uh, Swing Kids. Exactly. Um, and so she adopted Mia, the cousin. So. Mm -hmm like legally adopted her so that they could get proper like paperwork. paperwork and stuff. And then some soldiers who like loved them were like, I have connections. Like I'm going to get you guys to America. Wow. Which was like a whole process in itself because they didn't have papers because papers that had been burned in the war, right. like people didn't have birth certificates and stuff. So this, this very, the mom, her name was Lee Nan Young, by the way, she was very ingenious and she like faked papers and she like did everything she could to get the girls to America. Um, and they got, there was a music executive show business guy named Tom Ball and he saw them and he loved them and he created a Las Vegas show at the Thunderbird Hotel which still exists in downtown Las Vegas um, and it was called Tom Ball's China Doll Review Ouch. Hold for Groans <laughs> um, but they were huge people loved them and then they got moved over to the Stardust mm -hmm. so they were like on par with, like, the Rat Pack, like, Frank right. Sinatra and stuff. People were seeing the Kim sisters, like, just as much. People loved them. Uh, so then they got to go on Ed Sullivan. And if you don't know who Ed Sullivan is, uh, he had a TV show. Then you're probably not from then America. Then you're probably not from America, <laughs> and you might be very young. Uh, but he had a TV show. It was on, like, for thousands of episodes. It was on every Sunday night. It was a huge— it's called the Ed Sullivan Show. Yes, and it was just, like, a cultural— Everyone watched it on Sunday nights, yeah. and it was where anybody who was famous or any like mm -hmm. anyone who was anyone performed on the Ed Sullivan yeah. Show. It's like the Beatles That's, moment. Yes, I was just going to bring up the same, it, like the Ed Sullivan Show's most famous, I feel like, nowadays. 
for the Beatles, like American debut. But yeah, the Ed Sullivan show, everybody went on the show. So um, I'm going to play a clip from of the uh, Kim sisters on Ed Sullivan. It starts out with a nice corny joke um, and they're cute. I'm going to play a little of their song. Then they dance for a bit and then they all three play the same big like marimba. Ooh, It's very cool. So here are the Kim sisters. <laughs> and now we have three sisters from Korea who rate among the most versatile entertainers in the business. They not only sing, but they play about 20 different instruments. Saxophone, clarinet, violin, vibes, trumpet, drums, and several others. They would have played more, but you know how kids are. <laughs> they hated to practice. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Kim Sisters. The set is kind of music banky. It like, totally is. It totally is. <laughs> Ugh, I love this kind of music. They all have like big bouffant hair and long eyeliner and like and matching dresses. They're like little dream girls. They're doing such big faces. It's yeah. so good. And And now I think they sing in Korean for a second before they dance. Ooh. Oh, they have oh, fans. Oh, fans! <laughs> oh, dear. This is so crazy because, like, Cuban music was so popular at the yeah. time. And it's like they're saying, Annyeonghashimika. But, like, but in this, like, yeah, I know. That's what I, I was like. What is this, like, bossa nova, like, It's Korean what was music. cool at the time. I know. I know That's it why was. it's so crazy. Like, now K-pop groups do hip-hop. Yeah. This is the same. Okay, I'm going to skip to their playing their <laughs> instrument because they're just dancing now, but... They look like they're having a lot of fun. I was just going to say, they are. their faces are so bright and smiley. <laughs> they are really having a blast.
Anyway, they keep at that for a very long time. <laughs> um, but the point is, is that the Kim sisters appeared on Ed Sullivan 25 times, which is one of the high, wow. like more than like almost anybody. So they were really, really, really popular. And there was also a point where they found like three random Korean dudes that they called the Kim brothers. <laughs> and then they would like stand in a little sets of like three and like sing La Bamba or whatever. It's really crazy. Wow. Um, but I couldn't find any more information about the brothers other than them like appearing on their record. So I feel mm. like they might've just pulled them out of thin air to try to like yeah. expand the... Maybe it was like that... Um, SM backup dancer group like they were really just their <laughs> band but they sure. named them the Kim brothers um but yeah I just thought that was so interesting because it like sort of yeah th that's officially like the first Korean people who were ever famous in America mm -hmm. like officially yeah. um and, and it, they were singing pop songs so yeah technically they were doing they were, Korean pop yeah I think <laughs> and I think there was also like a lot of similarities in that like in this case, it was their mom and their dad before he was kidnapped. They said that, like, the reason they're so good is because their dad used to, like, slap them in the face till they, like, sang right. Oh, like, wow. Like, Jackson 5 -E, like, beat them. But then as soon as the dad was gone and the mom was like, we have to make this work, she, like— like she said, made them learn 20 instruments and like take ballet. And they were like worked to death to be like perfect entertainers. Mm -hmm. And it just seems like a nice root That's quite of a parallel. Like what yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, so I had to start there before we went because that's like Never truly the first. Before. And I, I knew there wouldn't be another time to tell it. So the true first K-pop in America, the Kim sisters in the yeah. 50s. Um, so then, so then what happens next? Do you have the I next time that we have like K-pop in America? Yes. So the next time, what I looked up was I mostly just focused on like performances here. Right. Um, as opposed to like TV appearances or something, because I actually just realized that NCT is not on my list, but they should be for 2019 because they've been yeah. on TV and whatever they've been bopping around. Um, but the first one that I have the first like performance of Korean artists in the U.S. or outside of Asia um, is the Korean Music Festival. And I we mentioned this oh, on yeah. our concerts episode. Um, but so the Korean Music Festival is a sort of variety performance um, at the Hollywood Bowl in LA every year. And the first time it ever happened was in 2003. She, we, we have gone several times mm -hmm. and they have a, a lot of different artists. Like they have different variety performances and they also have like trot singers and like classical artists. And the first year that they ever did the, put this show on uh G.O.D. Boa and JYP were the main, oh, wow. were the big like K-pop names. So that That's was so back cool. in 2003. That wasn't that long ago, but I, or it seems like it wasn't that long ago, but I guess it was 16 years ago because <laughs> time yes it, yeah it was <laughs> that doesn't feel we have oh, we have listeners that weren't even born oh, back Jesus, then. i know i know okay <laughs> so good this is real history because you guys were around cool <laughs> Uh, so after 2003, I don't have anyone of note coming back to the States until 2006 when Rain came with his 2005 Rainy Day tour and the following tour, Rain's, Rain's Coming. Oh, um, right. <laughs> his, his two of his world tours both came back to back in 2006. Uh, where did the, do they mostly do like big I mean, or like big cities or yes for rain or? he did um he had like his own show he wasn't playing with anybody else but so the first time he came he went to new york and the second time he went to vegas okay that's fun mm -hmm. vegas is fun um and then i think he uh, 
Well, he comes a couple more times, a but he likes times. he's plays Vegas multiple times, and I know at least once he played Hawaii. Um, so the next thing I have in my timeline also has to do with rain, um, and this is like a bit of a bigger pop culture moment than just like a concert mm-hmm. ma- landing in the states. Um, in two thousand eight, Time Magazine or every year Time Magazine puts out these like hundred influential people of the mm-hmm. year, and they put probably because of the tours, the previous tours, and people getting his name out there, rain. Was was on the time list. What year was that? 2008. Um, But he was ahead of Stephen Colbert. Oh. Um, And if, again, if you were not... I remember okay. this. Again, I if you're not this. American, Stephen Colbert is a comedian who for many, many years had a parody news show mm-hmm. where he would deliver the news, but he was pretending to be the opposite political party. So it was a very sarcastic, yeah. like... Yeah, his character of the news host was a very, like, conservative political figure but he in fact like it was a liberal media yeah 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 so he colbert was liberal media (laughs) so colbert was under rain in the list and he then decided like as a running gag Mm -hmm. that rain was now his enemy um and it all culminated in Rain actually showing up on the show and having a dance battle with Stephen Colbert. Um, and I have a little link that Comedy Central put together that's just like a montage of all of the times that he like called out Rain being oh, his lo- like yes, greatest enemy. So here's here it comes. <laughs> Time asked its readers to select their own list of the hundred most influential people in the world. And I'm right at the top at number two. Who's at number one? It can't be. My old nemesis, 24-year-old <laughs> Korean R&B pop sensation, Rain. <laughs> Rain! <laughs> I'm gonna be all over you like egg on a bowl of bibimbap. So this is Stephen Colbert doing like a parody music video. They saw my video, the Korean press lashed out. The Korean netizens swarmed with the voice which censures forecast Broadway Stephen call hemp clock. I am just an Bad artist. Bad Google Translate. I like to share my music with the world, and if I happen to crush a certain Korean punk in the process, <laughs> folks, this will not stand. It is adorable. Race is on. I've been number one. Rain keeps knocking me down. I will not have this Korean war end like the last one with a sitcom starring Alan Alda. Rain is now trash talking me. Hi, Steven. I saw your Korean pop video on your show. Let's just say, uh, please don't quit your day job. Well, my day job happens to be the president of the I Hate Rain fan. <laughs> Rain, I challenge you to come on my show for a dance-off. Or, or a cuddle-off. Or a spoon-off. Your choice of fiercely competitive yet intimate gestures. <laughs> Somebody there? Oh my god, he appears out of the mist. You're gonna have to come back tomorrow. I don't think so. <laughs> Look at his hair. 
<laughs> oh my god! He has like a half pony and side swept bangs. <laughs> A dance battle is happening and Rain is winning for sure. <laughs> oh, now they're on a dance dance <laughs> revolution machine. This is the cutest thing. My face hurts. <laughs> this is so cheesy. There are sparks coming out of Rain's feet. <laughs> Rain. <laughs> Rain. He's gone. Rain. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so I that was more. the whole bit. <laughs> Well, immediately after that, Rain did come back to the States because um, you said that, well, that was an ongoing saga that happened over several years. But the first time mention of him was 2008 and he brought his Legend of Rainism tour. So third tour that he brought back in 2009. Um, okay, 2009 is another like one of the biggest chunks of like K-pop in America or, or a very... Uh, uh, a great effort at the fact, mm -hmm. at the very least. Um, so in 2009, the Wonder Girls were very, very popular in Korea. They were pretty new. They had only put out like a one full album at the time. Um, but JYP had this crazy idea that like he could break into the American market. Mm -hmm. Like he believed it so sincerely that he moved the Wonder Girls to New York City, like they left Korea and they moved to New York. Mm -hmm. um, all of the girls had to learn English. Um, and they were just like living in New York and trying to be stars there. So they made... Sunmi's um, name was Mimi. Yes, yeah, Sunmi's American <laughs> stage name was Mimi. Uh, and they like, they were just trying to make it work. They released their song Nobody. In Eng they had like an English version of Nobody that they were trying to get on the radio. The biggest piece of this was that he did get a deal for them to open for the Jonas Brothers mm -hmm. on their tour. It was originally just supposed to be a couple of dates, I think. And then the Jonas Brothers' dad really liked them and, oh. like, offered them a lot more dates. So it was, like, the Wonder Girls and Demi Lovato were opening for Love it. the Jonas Brothers for, like, all of 2009. Um, and then, oh, I pulled a clip. Uh, it's This is the end. They were on Wendy Williams, and I just had to pull this because I think Wendy Williams is, like, one of the silliest, like, TV hosts that we have here. Mm -hmm. uh, She's you, a daytime talk show host, If for those of you who don't know who Wendy Williams is. But I'm is. sure if you don't know who Wendy Williams is, you've seen gifs of her on 100%. the internet. 100%. She's very memeable. She has, like, big eyes, big lips, big hair, big nails, big boobs. Like she's, And her whole, her catchphrase is, how you doing? Yeah. And she's a little like that. Um, but anyway, this is, I just wanted to play this part of Wendy interacting with the Wonder Girls after they did uh, Nobody in English on the Wendy Williams program. Oh my God, she's a head taller than all of them. Wait. 
Hold it so. Wait, how do you say it again? In Korea? How, how you doing? I, oh, I and that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it is so wonderful having you. You're cute as I don't know what names. All right. Hi. We are, we are the Wonder Girls. Okay. And okay. Wait. No, I have the names. Well, what yeah. are your names? Yeah. Hi, I'm San. And I'm Mimi. I'm the rapper you've been. I'm oh. Yenny, nice to meet you. Hi, I'm Zoe, nice to meet you. <laughs> oh. girls, and you're opening for the Jonas Brothers, and I understand Jonas Brothers' dad's backstage. You guys, uh, what's your yeah. relationship to the family? He manages you? Yeah. yeah. Very nice. <laughs> we Very love nice. the Jonas Brothers here. We love and we love you guys too. Thank you. They now live in New York, and they're making the best of, of uh, Broadway <laughs> and the restaurants. <laughs> I just absolutely love it. That was a terrific performance. We all had your dance moves down and the uh, double clap and everything. Best of luck to the Wonder Girls. Their new single is called Nobody. It's available on iTunes. We'll be right back. Wow. That's really wild that the Jonas Brothers' dad was their manager for a while. Yeah, that is a weird thing about um, K-pop. Like, I still, because I, I still don't really understand how any of it works. Like, when K-pop yeah. groups are promoting in America or Japan that they get another another label. label. I guess I get it in the sense of like if you want distribution, if you want deals or whatever it's cuz mm -hmm. all entertainment is all about how you who you know. Yeah. So I guess if you get if you sign something with an American label that then they could Mm -hmm. They could get you opening gigs or get you on Wendy Williams where, like, yeah. JYP doesn't know how to do that. Totally. And I also think it has to do with, like, um, uh, it has a lot to do with music copyright and distribution laws that in order for them to distribute their music in certain regions of the world, oh, yeah, they yeah, have yeah. to be in collaboration the with, like, certain... might be different yeah. or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but another very interesting part of this Wonder Girls Live in America thing that... And when I found out this existed, I vote for this to be our next AMAK pop movie night mm -hmm. pick. But they had a teen Nick, a movie on Nickelodeon. Um, and here's the trailer for it. Oh, my gosh. You guys ready? Meet the Wonder Girls. Spread the wonder! They're an international pop sensation. And they're coming to America to make it big. Give it up for the Asian invasion! But these haters aren't gonna make it easy. We'll show you how a real group does it. We don't want any trouble. Too late. Are they up for the ultimate girl group showdown? For shizzle. We got a show to prepare for. Let's dance. The Wonder Girls special, Thursday, February 2nd at 8 Eastern, only on Team Nick. Faux shizzle. Yeah, so that whole thing is on YouTube, and I feel like we have to watch it. We, we definitely, definitely will. Um, I do, before we move on from the Wonder Girls, just want to note that because that's, I feel like, in general, this move to the U.S., this JYP experiment mm -hmm. uh, is ultimately regarded as a failure. Yeah, JYP himself admitted after a couple of years, like, this was bad. Yes. I shouldn't have done it. However, I don't want people to think that it was just like, a flat across flop because in 2010, the Wonder Girls did have a world tour where they played 20 shows in U.S. and Canada, and they were named Artist of the Month by the House of Blues for the month of June. So they had sold out shows like almost for every single show that they right. did play. So they did have a fan base here. It just like didn't take off the way that JYP, I think, yeah. intended for it. To. I was reading. I found I like went and found a bunch of articles like from 2011 or whatever when everybody was pu publicly talking about this and JYP was like, yeah, 
it was bad. Like me and Sonny were fi- like fought about it. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't good and we lost a lot of money. Um, there were a lot of comments on that article from people being like, while I understand like from a bookkeeping point of view that this was ultimately a failure, like there were a lot of people who were like, I did see them on TV and I liked them or I took my sister to see them in New Jersey and it was the greatest time we ever had. Like it meant something to some people yeah. and like they did in- get introduced to some people. Like, mm-hmm. yes, it did not make them blow up, but like people weren't booing. Like, it's not like they were getting booed and like got, were yeah. homeless. Like, and they didn't it just have- didn't make a ton of money. Right. And they did sell out their shows. Like yeah. audiences came to see them. They weren't like performing in sad, empty theaters. So yeah. like, they, they it was just financially well. <laughs> a failure, which I, it just makes- cost more than it made them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I also am, I have like a lot of questions about this whole experiment, one of which is if they were partnered with the Jonas Brothers, why didn't they make a Disney Channel original movie? I don't Jonas know. Jonas Brothers belonged to Disney. I, belonged. Yeah. Duh. Uh, really I don't know. here for this Joe Bros comeback. Oh my God. <laughs> they said... It's not K-pop, but I know. really Wait, but They said they want to collaborate with Blackpink. I saw, I saw that. that. No, but I watched... They were... I watched them. I had to tell you this. They were on Hot Ones. That's show where people... I just eat. watched that Okay, last yes. Night. The part where Joe said that they had to shave every hour when yes. they were filming Jonas because their faces... And the part where they were like, Taylor does what? I was laughing so fucking hard. Okay. Oh, I know. I, I, I Yeah, that was a great... Jonas Brothers great aside. Guys, I love we, the Jonas If Brothers. it doesn't surprise any of you, we fucking love the Jonas Brothers. Um, okay. Before there was K-pop, there was We had Jonas. Jonas That's Brothers. very true. Um, but another thing, like just one more note to say that it like ultimately was sort of positive. All of the girls agreed that it was like a very good experience. <laughs> that like living in New York w- and not like with that living in New York and learning English was like something very, very valuable to them. Totally. But People think that they never were able to, like, people just wonder if they hadn't left Korea for two years, like, if they could have been so much more popular. Yeah, because Um, maybe them leaving Korea at what could arguably be called, like, the point, the peak of their career. rising moment. When they had to come back, they lost momentum in their, like, from their initial debut. But they also didn't, their second album when they came back from Korea also wasn't a flop. Like, Mm -hmm. it fully trended and went to number one, like, immediately, like, on all the apps for a minute because people missed them. Mm -hmm. But I guess they never reached what people assume their popularity could have been. But then again, you never know. It's weird because that's what people were saying eight years ago. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe they blew it. But, like, looking at at it now where like Sunmi is so so famous like so I feel like Sunmi is popular. killing it so hard that I'm just yeah. like I think it turned out the way that it should have but I, I, mean. I totally agree I love Sunmi as a solo artist and following her through this current world tour that she's on is so much fun um, and she speaks great English so like obviously <laughs> yeah, it was it worked it's out a good for everybody thing. but this she is, wouldn't be such an international queen exactly but yeah I just had to bring that up because I feel like it's a thing like people just throw around the phrase like Wonder Girls failed America experience. Like they just say <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah. and I just wanted to explain what we, all we that yeah. Means. Asterisk on the word failed. Yeah, <laughs> depends on how you look at it. Um, okay, the next things that I have are like in 2012, or okay. what? Do you have better earlier things than that? The only other things I have is just like SM Town for the first time um, in 2010 made two stops in the U.S. So that was the first time they ever came to the states um, in 2011. 
11, JYJ and Girls' Generation both came to the U.S. Um, and then when we got to 2012, 2012 saw some, like, bigger names coming to the States because both To Anyone and Big Bang had world tours that stopped here. But 2012 is also the first year that KCON ever, oh. ever happened. And so... so 2012 on, you have at least like five different K-pop groups coming to the States every year because of KCON. And then that will like every year it gains more popularity. Adding cities, but adding stops. Even adding cities, adding stops, adding, adding, um, and didn't like it, getting bigger didn't names. KCON itself used to be like in it the middle of- used to be in Irvine. In Irvine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it used to be in Irvine, which is, if you're not from California, is the middle of fucking it's nowhere. nowhere. <laughs> um, yeah, it used to be in Irvine and then it was in Anaheim and now it's at Staples Center. Yeah, everyone used to have to, looking at these dates, like now everybody can play, can sell out the bigger venues in LA but people used to have to play in Anaheim which is near Disneyland Mm -hmm. and they'd play at the hockey stadium where the Mighty Ducks play yeah or (laughs) they play in like Newark instead of New York yeah 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 or like (laughs) I don't know I think that still happens because I feel like Blackpink and everybody was in New York like people still go to Newark people still go to Newark all the theaters in New York are tiny because it's a very small place and there's not space yeah and and it's hard to grab Madison Square Garden yeah that's that's a big deal that's a big deal and isn't that was that in 2012 that SM got Madison Square Garden or was it 2013? Uh, I thought it was 12. I don't know. I, I, after the first SM town, I, I stopped writing, stopped writing it down. I was we've focused more on like specific people. Yeah, we talked, it, it's we've in talked there. about I it. I think it's 2012. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did want to point out that the the first KCON ever did have pretty good names for 2012. They had 4-Minute, BAP, XOM, which okay. is the only, one and only time any members of XO have ever gone to KCON. Until maybe this year. Putting it out into the universe. <laughs> Chan, you'll say whom come to us. <laughs> I'll sell all of my belongings. <laughs> <laughs> She's not I'm, kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, also, Newest, Vix, and Gina. Newest has been around forever. Newest has been around forever, and they love KCON. They're coming back again this year yeah, to New York. to New York. Yeah. They, they go almost every year. Hey. It's fun. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. You said I, the next big thing was 2013? Well, yeah, because then in 2013 is Psy, and that's a oh, whole thing in itself. Sure. Like, Psy went on Ellen. He was the first K-pop person on Ellen, another daytime talk show. Um, and then he also played at the American Music Awards, which was the mm. first K-pop award show American yeah. award show performance. And he's introduced by Will I Am. Amazing. Will I Am coming back into this. <laughs> we can't get Will I Am, get your hands off my K pop. His hands are always in it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, I just wanted to point out because Shannon and I both grew up in Austin um, that 2013 is the first year that Austin has a music and film festival every year called South by Southwest and in 2013 they did their first K-pop night out and they were able to get um, FX was the only real um, K-pop group that they had mm-hmm. that first year they had mostly K-punk bands mm-hmm. um, and like an indie group but in, did you know that in 2014 Hyuna went to South yeah. by's K-pop night out? I do. I remember. I was already, I, like, uh, this, I was already a fan when they, yeah. like, I was in, I was in when the K-pop <laughs> night out started, and I remember being, like, upset. Just because 
getting into South by Southwest is very expensive. It's mm-hmm. very exclusive. And if you don't, if you, if there is a place where it's like, you can get in free, you wait in line forever and you might not get in. Mm-hmm. So I never tried to go to a K-pop night out. I would just like watch the streams on Facebook and feel sad, but I never <laughs> went. Fair enough. Well, I just wanted to point out that we started with KCON and or we really started with the Korean Music Festival to get these sort of like compilation shows and then we get KCON and the very next year we get South By um, and so it's just sort of like a it's a gradual escalation. Like yes, things yes, are starting to ramp up. But in 2013 we still only have an average of about like four acts coming every year. Yeah. Um okay. That's, keep going. Oh, okay, sure. So then when 2014, so then now that we have those yearly things established, I'm no longer going to mention them because they just keep happening. They have, and they continue to happen. Yeah, they continue to happen and they continue to get bigger and bigger names or they continue to grab up all those new rookies and bring them over here every year. So then we start getting like a bunch of different U.S. tours that start, or world tours that start including Including. U.S. Mm -hmm. dates. So 2014 gives us like You Kiss and Sea and Blue and B1A4 and 2 p.m. Vix. That 2 p.m. Oh, that 2 p.m. It's concert. like, it's you could a, have gone. I know, it's one of my, I just I have to put it out there for any young people who are listening so they can avoid what happened to yes. me. But like, 2 p.m. I was still like a I was a I was a newish K-pop fan. It had only been like a year. I really did love 2 p.m., but I hadn't I hadn't been around long enough to realize how fleeting things can be. Yeah. And so 2 p.m. was playing in Dallas, which was five and a half hours away from where I lived. Mm-hmm. And I thought like, oh, and I, I was already living in California. Yeah. So at the you time. couldn't come with me, but it was like, do I want to drive up to Dallas alone, get like a motel room because I wouldn't drive back that night and like go see 2 p.m. And I just kind of chickened out and didn't do. It mm-hmm. and they never came back, and they're yeah. all in the military. Like, I missed yeah. that moment. And as I was writing my timeline, like, this isn't for another couple years, it's not. In- I'm still talking about 2014, but in 2016, when EXO came here, yeah, and we were like, no, let's not buy tickets because Lay isn't there. And like, if Lay isn't there, then what's the point, right? And little did we know, Lay would never be there, Lay again. would never be there, and they would never come <laughs> and back, they would never so, come back. <laughs> yeah, so I just a PSA, yeah. like, I know that like concerts are expensive, and I'm not trying to be like, ugh sell your school books and do this. I'm just saying if you ever feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't, like coming mm-hmm. from a longtime K-pop fan who's missed a lot of things, I just say go to the concert because you really yeah. don't know. And and also just in general, like if you're ever worried, oh, I don't know if I want to go to a concert by myself. I, I went and saw Beyonce by myself once because I was like, well, I should just go. I should get this ticket. Like it's available and, and I live really close to Dodger Stadium. So why not? And it was awesome. Yeah. Like I know and you went to God 7 I went to God 7 yourself. alone and I'm going to Monster X alone yeah. in two months. I'm and like, I can't no wait. regrets. <laughs> you make friends with the people who are around you because everyone is so excited to be there. And like you will have an, you will not regret yeah. going to that You'll show. just be like me and be like, I could have seen 2 p.m. six years ago and just think about yeah, it constantly. Or so, collectively, like, oh, we could have seen X. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, oh, um, I guess a thing, a backtracky thing I forgot, but we had played the clips on the show before, so I forgot. But in 2012 is when Girls' Generation, like, went on late night and went on, yes. like, and did their whole, like, the boys right. in English, like, Yes. TV tour. They That was like back around 2011. Okay, yeah. Because um, they did their first U.S. fan meet in 2011, and that was 
after SM Town came to the States for the first time. And I just didn't go into it because we already talked, talked about, about it a bunch on, of times on girls, especially on the group deep dive that we did. Um, So I interrupted, but that was like 2014 concerts. Uh-huh, that was 2014. So we had like seven different world tours that made that made stops here. And then 2015, like the number. So after 2014, the number just starts growing and it goes from like seven in 2014 and 2015 to suddenly twice that 15 different tours came in 2017 and it's just been growing ever since like 17 people came in 2018 and so far from January to September of 2019 we already have 19 different groups coming and that's just it's just it's just so many. The it's average so number many. used to be four, you guys, and like not that long ago. 2013 is only seven years ago that four people came. Yeah, and it and was now so sparse. Three times that. It was so sparse back then. I even remember, and I didn't even do it because of a friend's wedding. And same with like mm-hmm. my wedding ruining a concert. There was a music bank in LA, which yeah. are free. You just have to like get there. claim tickets and get there. And I was, I was way too poor to even be considering it at the time but I was considering like how do I fly out there Mm because Shining was going to be there and I was like how do I get there and it was I was in grad school at the time and we consolidated we like consoled ourselves by saying that Mino wasn't going to be there yeah because he had to stay and host yeah he was hosting uh, something his music bank so he didn't even come yeah but yeah, it used to be so sparse and mm-hmm. now it's just like, now I feel like I have to try, how do we decide? Like the reason I'm going to Monster mm-hmm. X alone is because like we because have to I, budget. I was like, well, I, I can't, I can't go to all of them. I was like, I can either go to Monster X or I can go to KCON and I want to wait and see who's right. coming to KCON because I swear to God, if it's Chanyol, I'll lose my <laughs> mind. Anyway, 2015, we got so many people. Should I just list that? Yeah, let okay. me hear who came. FT Island, GOT7, it did their first fan meet. Um, unless I say otherwise, these are just world tours that decided to come. So FT Island, GOT7, Epic High, they come the most. I okay. s- they have like they have been coming here for since 2006, 2009. Uh, then BTS came twice in one year, once in July and then once in September. Okay. Um, Big Bang, Block B, and that's it. 2016 was like a weird nothing year where we only had EXO mm-hmm. the like one time they came and then we had like the regular compilation shows KCON South by Korean Music Festival um yeah I guess and there's also probably because I, I mean I'm thinking of one that we went to that doesn't count as like a world tour but we saw Mamamoo yes in oh, 2016 I wasn't even that wasn't even 2015 2015 mm-hmm. but yeah but, yeah but I feel like that isn't listed because it wasn't it wasn't like a big world tour. They came to like I think coming to Los Angeles and doing a fan meet in a yeah. club happens a lot more mm-hmm. than you'd think because um, it's like an easy small way. And especially if you go like here in in Koreatown, if you like go into bar bathrooms, there will be posters for like yeah. Nugu Baby like K-pop groups, mm-hmm. and it'll be like they're coming here. Like yeah. people do come here and put on little showcases and things to try to get. Mm-hmm. Before they're popular to try to get their names out there. And I would argue that when we saw Mamamoo, they were not very popular No, yet. not at all. Not at all. Mm-mm. They were, like, very new. Um, and that was the first K-pop show we ever saw. Yeah, and it was just so little. Oh, and it was so lovely. Um, speaking of posters in K-Town bathrooms, um, Ailey is coming soon. Yeah, I saw, I saw that on a poster. A poster. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so then 2017, this is when it, like, suddenly is doubling in the amounts. Like, we had 15 different... 
tours come, and these are just tours. Um, we've got GOT7 again, B1A4, Hyana, she does like five different shows here, BTS, Shiny, BAP, oh, EXO comes back for Planet 3, for EXO Planet 3, The Exordium, that was their last one, mm-hmm. I suppose. G-Dragon, Monster X First World Tour, 17 First World Tour, Taeyong Card, Day 6, SF9. Damn. I know. And then 2018, it just keeps going. I'm just going to list them all. Go. We have Astro, 24K, Zion T, which I didn't realize he came in 2018 and I'm bummed I would have gone to see him. Red Velvet, Eric Nam, GOT7, Uptension, Monster X, 101, VAV or VAV? I don't know. I think it's VAV. I think so. I hope it's VAV. (laughs) VAV sounds weird. I don't like it. (laughs) I don't like it at all. BTS, Zico, Day6, Ace, Crush, Minzy came all by herself with a tour called Dance Break, Minzy's Dance Break Tour. Mm -hmm. Teen Top. Then we had 2019. These are the people who have come so far and who are currently scheduled to come. So I have like people from January to September of 2019. Mm-hmm. Winner, Oh My Girl, MXM, Red Velvet, Kanaka. Kanakan. Tiffany Young, Tiffany Young from SNSD, Sunmi, ATs, Astro, Epic High, Blackpink, VAV, BTS, Stray Kids, Got Seven, Monster X Twice, and Pentagon. And that averages out to at least one a month. Wow. Every single month. And that's only the first, what's September? In the ninth month of the yeah. year? 18. Okay, so 18 acts, that's two a month. Two a month. Oh, God. that We're all going to, like, that's why everybody on Twitter is so poor. It's yeah. like, it's happening too fast. Um, but then Pledis won't take my money. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what Take we're going to do money. about that. Um, but like just some uh, like some other things from all of this. Like, yeah, this was all I appreciate you looking up all of these tour dates. This no was problem. all like tour date stuff. But like as far as like in the pop culture lexicon, like with groups coming more often, that has also meant TV time. Mm-hmm. Uh, BTS performed at the American Music Awards in 2017 and then they did the billboards twice and then they played at the Grammys this year. They mm-hmm. also just recently got added to the Grammy board so they get to vote oh. now and they're like wow. the only Korean people on the list hmm. because the Grammys is trying, like like all American award shows are trying to diversify their voters because they're sure, all old white men. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but then that has also meant a lot of Sometimes fun, sometimes cringy, local news. Yeah, and I feel like that really reached a peak once the Olympics happened in Seoul. Uh Because before that, I think you very rarely got a, like, what is K-pop article or something. Like, before the, the Seoul Olympics, we had... You know, every once in a while, if an act was, I think it was like the states, Psy. Like, like everyone cared about K-pop for five seconds because or was Psy. interested in mm-hmm. it with Psy, and then they forgot again. Yeah, absolutely. And then the EXO on the Olympics and BTS on big award shows. Then people started mm-hmm. writing their "What is K-pop?" articles yeah. again. And and now we're getting these articles. It's like how K-pop took over the U.S. and like how K-pop exploded onto the Western scene and like. I find those articles difficult in a lot of different ways, partially because I feel like in many ways K-pop has not exploded onto the Western scene. Like, you don't hear 
radio stations here they still don't play won't play K-pop. It. I've seen it's so. I feel like it is so gross. I have seen so many Twitter tweets from like some fuck off morning show zoo station being like, "Hey BTS Army, if you retweet this ten thousand times, we'll play Fake Love this morning." And it's like, "Fuck you, just play it." Like, yeah, why are you? You're just like trying to get likes out of these fans and like just play the song mm-hmm. if you're gonna play it, play it. Like, yeah, absolutely. why are you like you're like using the fan. And like to get your whole, social media yeah, numbers and the whole, up like, and like culture ugh, of gross. fandoms and like group work, teamwork, or whatever. Like, using yeah, because fans will do it and manipulating it's, it's it. Gross. Yeah, fans do do it. But yeah, I feel which like I, which always pisses me off because I'm like, don't you see? Don't feed into their don't, lies. Don't you see they're manipulating you? <laughs> don't let them win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there have been there have been a lot of like very embarrassing gaffes, <sighs> like. Um, the poor sweet Sam Rubin, like, I know I, a bunch of N citizens are, like, very angry at him. And, like, you can be, but people were calling for his firing. But you don't understand. He is a Los Angeles news staple. And, like, he has been on my TV every morning since I was a little, little girl. And, like, he can't <laughs> go away. But uh, when NCT was at KTLA across the street a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago, he said to Johnny, your English is very good. And Johnny said, I'm from Chicago. <laughs> yeah, I'm from Chicago. But uh, but then he had to write like but then everybody was like yeah. protesting and calling for his head and he had to like write a long Facebook post being like their management told us they didn't speak English mm-hmm. like but then even just saying just even telling someone they're like English is good is like a little cringy anyway and they usually end yeah. up saying it to people who were born speaking like Mark had it yeah. happen to him in Canada too mm-hmm. like. It's weird. Absolutely. Joshua and Vernon get that shit all the time too. It's like it's it. It is always a little cringy to hear someone say, oh, your English is very good, because they always say it with a tone of surprise. Yeah, like, oh, that's weird. And the connotation is always very patronizing. So it's just microaggression. Like, yeah, just just don't don't comment on it. Like they came to the States to be interviewed in English. It, of course, they practiced ahead of time. Like you, you don't need to comment on yeah. how good or bad their English was because I guarantee you they did their best regardless right. of the quality. Like they tried. Right. But what also frustrates me, and this, I mean, it frustrates me because like I, I have a degree in journalism. That's like <laughs> what I wanted to do before I became a teacher. And they're so. It must be just. It has to be this undercurrent of xenophobia that is just, like, so enriched in, like, so many different aspects of the United States. But there are so many examples of just fucking lazy journalism. Yes. That that whole thing about, oh, their management told us that they didn't speak any English. Okay, Google NCT 127 members, and you will immediately see that two of them are from the state, or one of them is from the States and one of them is Canadian. Like, it doesn't take a lot right. to do the background check that you need, especially, and like, Literally Google any group's members and you get a list. Like it's a handy dandy page for you. And it's like a fact file. And you can even be like, oh, fun fact. Like you don't like tomatoes or whatever. And bring it up in the interview. And bring it up in the interview. It's so stupid. There's also a huge problem of 
the wrong pictures of people being used, which again oh. seems like it can only be based in like poor research and xenophobia and like and like blatant racism. Yeah, just like like I think it was when NCT was at like NCT came to an award show that BTS had been at the last year and like the Getty images was like BTS and it was like no, no. it's fucking not. There's more of them. Like yeah. it's not. Or people just using picture like fans often get very upset at this and I like don't blame them. It's like some CNN or something was like talking about like burning sun or something awful and just put up a picture of BTS like K-pop scandal like no 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 No. they have nothing to do with this like do your research (laughs) or the like a sort of flip side of like going back to the like manipulation of of the K-pop fandom and like fervor is I've noticed like when people when BTS like did go to those award shows and like sort of no name like random models or like Nickelodeon oh, stars so or YouTubers or whatever yeah they would be like let's take a picture together and because then they would be photographed with BTS and I'm like Ugh, come on like if you don't actually know anything about them and you're meeting them naturally like cool like meet them and interact with them like I really loved um, Terry Crews did you see his no. interaction with with BTS, it was really cute. Terry Crews is this like enormous, absolutely enormous actor. Um, he's on Brooklyn Nine Nine, and he used to, and he was in like Old Spice commercials, and he like, yeah, ah! he's just like this huge dude. But he is like the sweetest, softest, like most woke person yeah, yeah, around. Yeah. I love him. Um, but so he met BTS at one of these shows that they went to and he was like interacting with them or whatever and and there's just this like cute little video of them on the carpet and he like bows to them and like, <laughs> as he says hello and his smile is just like lit up and he had like learned all their names and it was really cute. Um, because he does his research and he is respectful. Like it's not that hard. <laughs> yeah, I also wanted to call out because there's like a lot of them that you can watch. Um, Good Day New York is like a local New York morning show and it's like hosted by these two very pleasant ladies and they have had BTS and God 7 and Monster X and, and it's like anybody who comes through like stops at Good Day New York and they are so sweet and they are like they seem to do good research and they're like patient to wait for translators and like all of their interviews are precious and they even though the segments they air are short they put the full things on their YouTube oh, I love it. so I totally suggest Fox 5 New York like go watch any of their like <laughs> K-pop interviews because they do a really good job and yeah. it like and there's also that really good girl at iHeart Ellie yes. something she's great mm-hmm. she really hypes people up she's a huge EXO fan and she loves Lei too <laughs> yeah but I think I guess like the ultimate point of where I was getting is that like what I sort of wanted to talk about this whole thing is like we are reaching a point where like there is a there is a lot more K-pop like mm-hmm. in the American world mm-hmm. than there has been before. And so you get a lot of these weird think pieces of like, is K-pop going to take over America? And as a huge K-pop fan as an, and an American person, I have to say, no, no. I don't think it will. Like, it won't. It'll get more popular. And I hope that it does because it brings me lots of joy. You guys know that. Like, we want more people to like K-pop. Mm-hmm. But I do not think America as a whole will ever get on board. No. Um. American people hate subtitles or, like, anything that's not in English. Absolutely. That's a weird thing that I've had thrown back in my face by, like, weird drunk people if I'm, like— But they don't sing in English! How do you know what they're saying? I don't—so—who— Mozart didn't write words in his songs at all, but people still— 
love them. Like, what? Fuck you. Yeah. I just think that, like, America as a whole is, like, not very accepting of foreign media. Like, I think elsewhere in the world, because, like, here we have Hollywood, Mm -hmm. that we make most of the entertainment that other people are used to watching American stuff with subtitles or dubbed into their language. Mm -hmm. But, like, we don't do that. No. So, like, people aren't very accepting of it, and people are very eye-rolly about, like, things that other countries make. Yes. And I've had, I've had people, and I'm sure lots of you guys have similar stories of like telling someone that you like K-pop and them responding with like outright racist trash. Oh, like 100%. Like horrible things that I will not repeat that people have said to me when Absolutely. I've said that I like this music. And it's to be, crazy. to be perfectly frank, like when these think pieces of like, is K-pop going to take over? A, I think the think piece itself has like a racist undertone because like, it's a fear of being taken right. over oh, taken by another. Over. They're like, invading. Fucking get over yourself. But I also think the main reason why it won't and it won't become like this widespread respected phenomenon is because America is racist in general and we're a special, like we are very racist toward Asian people, but in a very different way than we are racist toward black and and Mm Mexican and like Latino people, because it's a very, um, it's an under- like it's an understated racism. I studied mm-hmm. this in college. Like a backhanded it's called, compliment kind of thing. It's called being a model minority mm-hmm. because Asians are the quote unquote good kind of minority because they come over here and they make good grades and they do very well and they work hard and they don't cause trouble. Like but they that don't stereotype protest. in itself is racist. Of course, <laughs> that stereotype in itself is like very problematic. But then also like people do hang on to these like horrible stigma or like this horrible these horrible stereotypes and like generalities and assumptions about Asian people. But as a whole, the country doesn't see racism toward Asian people as a problem Mm -hmm. because Asian, the Asian communities in the U S they don't quote unquote complain in a way, you (laughs) know what I mean? Like they're not protesting about black lives matter and like about Mm -hmm. the, the detention centers and like ice and like they have, they don't have, quote unquote mainstream problems you know like for lack of better verbiage to explain this but like it's just not seen as it's almost like an acceptable racism and it's really fucked up and people won't and that is almost harder to let go because it's so ingrained and subtle yeah and yeah I, I I do think there is there will just sort of always be that point where there may be a lot more people who are like oh I appreciate this this ki- these kids are dancing very mm-hmm. well but like underneath it they're still like they're viewing them through like an othering lens yeah. and like eh. and people are always I mean this I think is probably just human nature but people always want to look for the negatives and things and like you tell someone that you like k-pop and they immediately start like oh the machine the factory model like these kids are being abused and like human rights violations and you're just like do you know anything about what you're talking about right now like have you put any thought or effort or research into what you're fucking talking about right now. Especially, like, it hasn't happened to me in a while because I feel like now I've gotten to a point in my K-pop love where, like, the people in my in my world just know that about me, <laughs> right? right? It's like, it's a just a fact that, like, I love K-pop and everything about it. And, like, you just don't, like, don't argue with me about it. It's right. fine. But I don't know. I just feel like I used to get so many shitty questions and comments and for me being like 
you know what? I'm actually somewhat of a K-pop historian and expert at this point. So like, please don't come up to me and tell me that you know. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? You I'm don't just like, know more you actually me. have no idea what you're talking about. And I very much do. <laughs> so maybe to end this, I will say as an established fan, I am so grateful that the K-pop companies have felt that it is worth yes. coming over here for me. Absolutely. And I appreciate that. And then I will also say that if you, the listener, are ever confronted with somebody who has ignorant ass opinions about K-pop, send them to us. Yeah. We are here to help so and that no will... one sounds like a dumbass. Mm-hmm. We will <laughs> we'll tear them down. We'll give you arguments. We'll help you tear them down. Right. Anything that we can do to promote K-pop and take down yeah. racism. And you can just gently say, you can just, or or take their phone, subscribe, open their <laughs> podcast app, just subscribe to us. <laughs> They'll learn eventually. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that was fun. Uh, we will be right back with a random game. Okay, we're back, and we got a boy group like we so often do. Yes, a boy, a six-member boy group called B.I.G., also known as Boys in Groove, which is a six-member group from G.H. Entertainment. Uh, we said right when we pulled this up that this sounded fake. Yep, Boys in Groove doesn't sound real. I don't know why it doesn't sound doesn't real. Sound real. Um, is there, what is that? I don't know. I feel like there's another. I mean, the Notorious B.I.G. is a very, well, very yeah. famous, like, worldwide known <laughs> rapper. So, like, already that seems like it's true. Treading. But what's the, what's the name of the bo- the boy group in Bob's Burgers that, um, isn't it Boys in something? Uh, bo- oh, crap. I'm looking it up. Okay. Bob's Burgers, boy, it's. Boys, boys in motion, or like <laughs> I don't know. Boys for now. Boys for now. They're boys for now. So anyway, boys in groove. Boys for now. Um, they debuted in 2014. One of their members uh, attended Juilliard for violin, and which then, is a very fancy music yeah, school. If you're very, unaware, very difficult to get into. Um, and he dropped, uh, out. he dropped out in order to be a boy in groove. <laughs> so they came out in 2014 with a song called "Hello." Um, they just sort of like steadily released music in the following years. Had their first big tour in 2017, but like nothing. I feel like. Nothing really of note happened in these years. Like they didn't win a lot of awards. They didn't go to have any breakout singles. They didn't have scandals. Like they just existed and like consistently put music out. They had a Japanese debut in 2016. They also seemed we saw when skimming on their YouTube channel, they had put out a lot of covers, including a, a cover in Arabic, which yes. is very interesting. Mm-hmm. No, they put out an Arabic version of one of their songs. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So. so Interesting, interesting. Um, but they also like uh, they, here's another on today's topic. Like we'd have to get we'd have to get some kind of expert or local to talk about it. But I would also love to talk about K-pop in Latin America because oh, yeah. that's a whole other thing. These dudes toured in Brazil, Chile, and Mexico. Like mm-hmm. there's a whole other like world of like oh yeah yeah yeah. I I've ended up. My research for this episode overlapped a lot because my it's easier to find information about K-pop outside of Asia than it is specifically in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the stuff that I found was like people often go to the to Latin America before they came to North America because they seem it seems like they're more willing 
to take on like a foreign like absolutely you, yeah more, like less stubborn mm-hmm. than Americans about it. So yeah. like and that probably has there. something to do with the fact that like America is the primary hub of of entertainment. We give in our the entertainment world. out right. So then like someone in Mexico who listens to. Uh, I don't know, Justin Maroon Bieber five. or Maroon 5, they're already used to listening to music in a language they sure. don't speak. So why not listen to it in Korean? Like, yeah, who cares? but uh, like this group B.I.G., I feel like a couple of times we've seen these groups that didn't seem to get good footing in Korea or anywhere, but were able to go on mm-hmm. like a South American tour. So yeah. there's something yeah. there. Um, then the last thing on their Wikipedia page is that in November last year, the group's leader just quietly went to the military without telling anyone. Yeah. And the company replaced him with a new maknae. Yeah, They just like weird. got a new maknae to bump. To push everybody <laughs> up like while he's in the military. It's very strange. It also seems like it's only a solution for while the leader's in the military. But what the happens rest with the rest? Them have to go there eventually too. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but according to according to YouTube, their most popular music video is still their debut music video, mm-hmm. which is called Hello. Hello. Uh, so let's give that a watch. Here we go. B.I.G. <laughs> That's the ring ding dong yep. roof. This is the ring ding dong roof. Like it is. Yeah. <laughs> it just says B.I.G. instead of shiny. Let's get up. Okay. Ooh. Oh. Oh, they're rapping okay. about Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. This is my language. <laughs> it's a small but kick-ass country. Oh my god! Oh my god! You know how Korean? How Korean? This is. This is the. They, they were listening to us. They're just referencing things like the airport. They're just saying hello in different languages. I'm into this. <laughs> I support BIG. They're just wearing like very, they're wearing like the exact same outfits that like debut BTS and debut Monster X wore. Yeah. Like, Black, like mm-hmm. sort of jersey looking, like little hat to the side, like yeah, chain bandana, <laughs> long socks. The standard uh, debut boy group look of the time. Yeah, they're just listing yummy food. <laughs> Samgyetang is yummy. So, like we said, this music video started on the roof, and it just takes place in different locations. But the and words, like. like the words are on the screen. Very large. Hello, hello, hello. They have like, they're cut with like individual scenes and whole dance. The choreography is fine. It's yeah. consistent through the whole thing. It's not super impressive. It's just sort of is. Oh, now they're introducing all of the members. Awesome street dancing. Oh, those boys <laughs> are just, just the hot, hot boys. boys. <laughs> this is so funny. This is so many Korean references. Like yeah. they are. This is so crazy. If you watch this music video, please, please put the, put the captions on. <laughs> the chorus is just like, "Hello, it's very nice to meet you." <laughs> What's up, Anyang? Skinny little arms. 
He's proud of them, though. He's, yeah. he's sleeveless in every outfit iteration. Yeah. I wonder if he's the leader. He's the oldest. Yeah. Oh, he's wearing a skirt. skirt. <laughs> All right. Boys in groove. Boys in groove. Hello. <laughs> that was certainly That's something. Not, it was something indeed. Um, do you have a recommendation for today? Yes, my recommendation is go on our Twitter and click on that link and watch Ming Hao's solo. I just need the world to see it. It's called Dreams Come True, and all my dreams for him have come true. Oh, that's I love so sweet. You. Um, my recommendation is sort of general in that, like I already said to go watch those like Fox Good Day New York videos because they're great, but also a fun. Uh, consequence feels like too harsh of a word, but a fun outcome of the K-pop groups coming here so often is that there is now a whole culture of like web shows and people needing like content. So mm -hmm. now when people come to America, when groups come to America, they go on like a, a tour of BuzzFeed and Vanity Fair and yeah. whatever. They go to all the places and they sh they make their puppy hold puppy videos or whatever. Um, and they're all great. But the series that I wanted to recommend today because there's a brand new episode of it out, um, The Fine Brothers, who, if you remember from our first episode, my K-pop origin story is one of their people react to K-pop videos is what got me here in the first place. Um, they did a K-pop stars try not to dance mm. challenge. Uh, there's a Momoland version, an AT's version, and a brand new NCT 127 version where they split the groups into like little sets of two or three because there's so many of them. And then they just show them like very popular K-pop songs like EXO or like Troublemaker yeah, yeah, or something yeah. that everybody knows and they're just supposed to like sit there and like not <laughs> dance or move their face or sing along or do anything. And some of them try really hard and some of them say fuck it and they just dance and it's really fun. Uh, they're all funny. So my recommendation is any nice. or all of the Fine Brothers K-pop stars try not to dance videos. Good one. I also really, I didn't, keep up with NCT 127's US tour when they came um, but I, and I know BTS did this too James Corden is one of our late night hosts and he does a game called the flinch game where like celebrities Black have to Pink stand did it as well oh they did so there's a lot of that. these you can look at so James Corden the fun the flinch game that they basically like he puts this like plexiglass door and the person has to stand behind it and then with like one of those crazy baseball Pressure. guns yeah the, he like shoots fruit at the at the plexiglass and the point is to not flinch and I watched the NCT one and it's very funny um, so I would recommend that yeah as well. any and all of those mm -hmm. um, alright that is that uh, if you would like to follow along on our weekly adventures or tell us anything, we can be found on social media at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to send an email, amakpoppod at gmail.com. Um, we're on YouTube, ask me about K-pop, the podcast. Um, and I feel like I have to stop plugging the Tumblr because, God damn it, I have not updated it <laughs> in probably 30 episodes. I honestly feel like... We need an intern, but the like last one, the last one was like episode fifty something, so it hasn't been that long. Okay, but it's I'm but so fair. I'm so yeah. bad at it. Like I've said before, like my actual job is promoting podcasts, but not my own. So like <laughs> I don't have time to do those things. But God, I wish I did. Anyway, 
If you want to look at old links or hope to God that someday I've updated it, amakpoppod.tumblr.com. And uh, if you want a version of Ming Hao's solo performance of your very own, it, let me know and I'll send you mine. Just DM us at any of those places. I have a copy of the full three minute song and dance. Love it. <laughs> She's a video trafficker now. <laughs> Uh, all right. I just want people to see it. <laughs> I know. I know you do. Uh, okay. We'll be back next week. We're going to be playing fun games. We'll see you then. Okay. Bye. Bye. Chongyun, you're our inspiration. 